0: Darling, we've had one hell of a time, but the question on everybody's mind, where is the... (gasps)
1: Welcome to Ideas Don't Bleed, a comics podcast presented by Ashcan Press and featuring Matthew Rosenberg and the Supple Boys, Ethan S. Parker, and Griffin Sheridan. This is part two of our discussion with Jerry Duggan on his new photo book on Kickstarter timing slash luck, as well as his upcoming comic projects. We hope you enjoy. As, As somebody who it's like hard to even fathom being in rooms with some of these people, like the book is kind of a surreal experience because... You you get these, this odd mixture of feelings from some of those photos where you can it almost makes you sweat a little bit because just like the weight <laughs> of some of those moments and but it is such a sort of they are sort of intimate uh, feeling portraits and so it's what what whether whether the reader is is a fan of yours already or not is there a particular feeling or feelings that you're hoping that people walk away from this from particularly since you reference it as an autobiography? Is, is there something, is there something you're hoping to impart on people with
2: this? It's a good question. Uh, You know, the, the honest answer is I, I am just presenting it as I, as the camera saw it anyway. Right. Um, and you know, the, in a world where, um, you know, I think it's safe to say that like truth and embellishment on whatever else is, is, um, or I guess twisting of the truth is is, can sort of be out there. There's no way to lie about any of this stuff. I could, I could write up a story about like, you know, like meeting Lynch, you know, Mm -hmm. backstage, but like, you know, the, the, the real, um, the truth of that matter is it was quiet moment. We were being quiet because we were watching what was happening on stage. And when that was over, you know, actually in that moment, we just talked very briefly about um, Miguel Ferrar, uh, oh, yeah. and and because he had just died, and I just said, "Oh my gosh, you know, um, my condolences." And and he goes, "Wasn't he a special man?" And 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 you know, again, like I uh, I guess to Matthew's point, I hopefully have the wisdom not to go, "Hey, I have a comic book coming up <laughs> to talk to you about," you know, it's it's just. Um, You know, if you can be yourself and be comfortable with yourself, I mean, David, Mr. Lynch obviously knew I was photographing him, but I was also not doing it with flash and not doing it in a way that was flashy. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, uh, uh, everyone hopefully is very comfortable. I don't know. This is actually a question for you, Matthew. When I walk (laughs) in with the Leica, does anyone get like, does anyone go, oh, I don't want my picture taken?
3: Uh, a couple of people do for sure. Um, I, I don't. I feel like you have a trust with most of the people in that room. Yeah. I feel like there's a couple of people who sl- slink out of out of frame, and then there's a couple of people who. Uh, it's funny because I I'm not a big in front of the camera person. I never have been. I don't. You know, even doing this podcast sort of goes against my instincts in a lot of ways. Of sure. like, I'd rather just write and have no one know who the. F- fuck i am or what i sound like or look like but that's not always an option um i say that like someone made me make a podcast um (laughs) but like there and and so i sort of i i do like a a kind of deer um you know when i when i deer (laughs) in the countryside where i'm just like if i don't look at it I'm very aware of it, but I'm never going to look directly at it. But nice if it comes man. too close to me, I'm going to run. So I'm I'm in a bunch of sh- photos, not in the book, but like I've seen a bunch of your photos where I'm in the background, and I could tell in that moment that I'm aware of it, but very much acting like I'm not aware. And then you have guys like Donnie Cates and Chip Zdarsky who are like always sliding into shots <laughs> and always like have the yeah. funny thing to do. And, and, and I think and I think you do a great job of capturing that sort of balance of people I think that like you know you have some great pose stuff like I think the the photo of Kieran Gillen made me laugh only because it's like a very dignified photo and I know that it's in the bathroom of a hotel it is in the bathroom um, of a hotel it's the nicest bathroom <laughs> I mean it's that's an it's un- a it's
2: majestic the, toilet
3: it's the nicest room I've ever been in yeah, it just happens to have people shitting in it <laughs>
2: um, what is the name of that hotel do we do we what is the name of that hotel? it's the hotel where the guests of Thought Bubble stay now. In Harrogate. Yes, in Harrogate. And uh, I do forget the name of it, but my understanding is the hotel, you you used to probably be some sort of gentleman's club because I did ask some of um, the women, I was like, is the women's bathroom as nice as the men's bathroom? There's sofas and stuff. Like (laughs) like in case you want to say goodbye to your turds before you get up and, (laughs) and throw them away. Uh, A quiet moment alone. Uh, Anyway, very, very funny. All you can do is walk into that bathroom and laugh. And actually, you know, uh, Torin was, was in there and she's like, I really want to see it. And I was like, well, let's go. Yeah, yeah. And those, those photos made the I, book because they were so sort of charming.
3: I, I remember at, that, at Thought Bubble, people having to come in to use the bathroom and constantly being like, oh my God, because there are like 30 people just hanging out and they're like sitting on couches because it's <laughs> such a nice room. And people just being like, well, I don't want it. Pissing here like this is yeah, awful yeah. it's like um but uh, you know like this photo of karen is so funny because it is it, it like the framing the, the backstory is funny to me but also the framing is nice but it's right in the book i don't know if it's right next to it, but the juxtaposition then you have this photo of jock driving your car that's your car yeah yeah that's my car and he uh, looks like he's gonna go beat someone to death like he looks yes. like it's it's, <laughs> it's the start of the third act and jock has to go drive and he's gonna fight a bunch of people and beat them up and and then in the end, it looks like he's gonna lose and he's gonna stab someone in the throat and win. Uh it's it's such a and you have this mix of of these very candid moments that are so cinematic and insane in this book, and then these totally posed things like the the Kieran picture. Uh do you have a do you have a preference? Do you like one more than the other?
2: Wait. You know what? They both sort of happen at the same time. I don't control it. Like if someone wants to like present something, they can. And that's if they notice that I'm shooting. Like, I don't know that Jock knew that I was shooting because I was sitting next to him and we were driving too fast. <laughs> it ha- that particular shot happened because we were hanging out and I had he'd come to town. I think we were at Seven Grand downtown.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'd parked in an alley <laughs> like, nearby, like, I couldn't find parking, and I was like, eh, nobody's gonna, it's Saturday night, whatever, and I was like, well, good night, everybody, and Jock was like, is that your car, and he's like, that's illegal in the UK, (laughs) and I do, I used to drive a Prius, and then at a certain point, uh, I was very responsible, I was a a good eco friend, (laughs) and then i I did I downgraded, I guess some would say. You, you became
3: or, an eco enemy.
2: Mm-hmm. I became mm. less of a chum to the environment. <laughs> I, I bought a, a Dodge Charger with a Hemi. Mm. And mm-hmm. it's the art it's the RT. It's a road track with everything blacked out. Uh, debadged. <laughs> and uh so i was like well I, i'm getting new tires soon you know do you want to finish these ones off we could go to the rose bowl and you could give it the beans so we drive up the two and so i that's what i was doing there is you know shooting shock like doing like, we didn't it, I, I don't want to say that we were acting irresponsibly because we really i think we're pretty under control but it was a it was fun for both of us we got this great picture out of it it's uh but but you're right. It is obviously a, a much different than sort of just being in a bar and then see, shooting a shot and, and seeing what what you have later. Um, you know there is like a, I think to to be a like a, <laughs> my, my street photography influences are are folks um, like Richard Sandler and um, Bruce Gilden and uh, Vivian uh, Maier and they sure. were just they were in your face like stealing stuff and you know again like i uh, i don't think i am that i don't think i'm i don't think i'm a great street photographer because i'm not as fearless as they are you know i'm i'm I'm, like the japan stuff i'm really proud of like i think that was sort of uh, that's also why it it fell last in the book because i think it's probably the strongest of the of the work but it's that's you know, you you actually get to see the process. I hope the, the Japan stuff is is gorgeous, and
3: it it reminds me a lot. Just and I, I you know I know that it's not set in Japan for the most part, but the 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 color palettes and the lighting and so much of everything is wet <laughs> when yeah, you're shooting yeah. it. Uh, it it has this real Y feel, like it has mm-hmm. a a feeling of like you're you're on
2: the set of Chungking Express doing the I got really lucky in that on the literally the day before flying over I, and look, I'd wanted to visit Japan mm. since reading, you know, uh, like Miller daredevil and going, Oh, they're ninjas. and Oh wait, <laughs> lone wolf and cub. And then, fi- you know, falling in love with um, that culture in a big way and, and just always putting it off. And then I booked the ticket with some friends who were visiting distilleries. They had a translator, they had a guide, I was going to get time in every city. And the day before, or the two days before, the weather is, oh, Tokyo is going to get hit with a Category 5 typhoon. (laughs) And I was like, like, I'm a dad. Should I be going? Is there any way to cancel? And they were just going to go. They were like, well, well, to hell with it. If we get stuck in Tokyo, then we have more time in Tokyo and less time for the other things that we were going to (laughs) do. and i was like right. okay but you're not a dad like should I going like i and then i was like oh i got life insurance i was like all right i'm going to do this and actually it's the best thing i ever did because a lot of those you know photos like um you know are some of my favorites and and obviously the trip was just incredible if you have not visited japan everyone should they're starting to really open up now after covid they 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 closed pretty hard but um yeah that that's the kind of thing that you can't um, ever planned for you know mm-hmm. seeing the those slick streets um you know it was like you know i had a a, a water tanker come by before me you know you, 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 <laughs> yeah. it would be very expensive to try and get those photos in in hollywood a lot of pre-production um yeah. uh, but but the cool thing too and I, again i'm sorry to make it all about my book but the like what's interesting why you're here about, Tokyo, yeah, I know. Tokyo, ab- like abandoned for, for basically, sure. like you're seeing Shinjuku at night, just completely empty, and it pairs really well with the end of the book, which is, um, you know, pictures from Los Angeles in the quarantine, yeah. where that that it's really back to Omega Man and some of that stuff. And I and I thought I was going to see other photographers out there. Sort of, we were breaking quarantine. I. I was in an N95 shooting when we were all supposed to be home. Mm. Uh, I don't know that I felt irresponsible because that was the only time that I left the house. Um, But, but, you know, a lot of that stuff is uh, I I think pairs nicely with the way that Los Angeles plays in in the book as well. You know, again, there is uh, pieces of the book that are not cinematic. And then there are definitely pieces of the book that, um, you know, are, are, are playing to that stuff. And, you know, look, I've always, my, I would love to make a film. I do hope that that's the next mountain that, that I, I get to climb and, you know, it won't ever be a considered a Kubrick film, but, but I'm very aware I followed Kubrick stuff all the way back to his look magazine days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those are wonderful black and white photos sure. that he took that, that where he was cutting his teeth doing it. And obviously, You know, he he eventually set that down and picked up a movie camera. But um, if you're interested in photography, you should look at those Kubrick photos. Yeah, yeah. they are stunning, too.
0: If you made a film, Jerry, would you shoot your own film or would you get somebody else that you just really trusted?
2: I don't know. You know, I think it would have to probably be digital for cost. But I would love to work with a DP that would like to accommodate my bullshit. Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. (laughs)
2: And that that can be hard. You know, you have to really find the, the right. Um, collaborator but i do mm. um you know i have a 28 millimeter lens on the on that camera and it's mm. so you're 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 locked in it's a fixed lens so you're getting always a wide shot mm. and probably what i'd like to do is upgrade to um, a 35 something that you know a, a system where i can interchange some lenses and put on a 50 which is a portrait lens or sure but really what i want to do is is get that 35 going and then sort of maybe use that as the basis you know there's so many amazing um opportunities to now do this yourself Mm -hmm. you know you you, you, i really came to hollywood at a time when you need to ask permission Mm -hmm. and get permission to to do there was so much of this stuff, you know, and now the world has changed. In, in fact, some of the first sort of productions, you know, that I was helping out on, whether it was reading and giving notes or punching up or trying to help friends do it, you know, were being funded with like weed, you know, so much <laughs> of the early independent cinema is like stuff where you're yeah. doing some big score to be able to take the money and roll it over into your first feature.
3: Mm -hmm. i have a i have a friend who made a his first feature and uh i asked where the investors got their money and he was like "They're dirty cops (laughs) and i was like i thought it was a joke and he was like no it's not a joke he's like it's a it's dirty cops they they stole money
0: oh shit yeah and then it's
2: and then it's laundered clean yeah you know i mean you you have you are showing losses if not profits on that stuff and you know then now they're executive producers now they have a two-show deal
0: that at showtime
3: yeah and, Every, and
0: everything's super cool and super fair and you know <laughs> super legit i think is yeah, lovely, yeah. the takeaway there um, um i had one i had a couple of questions one quite technical and that is just what kind of stock are you typically shooting on in you know movie? what it's it's everything is uh digital in the book really holy yeah, shit yeah. dude
2: <laughs> yeah, impressive
0: like impressive um, you capture a lot of of texture and some of the low light stuff i guess some of the low light stuff should have should have given it away but like there's a lot of really great texture in there too for i guess it's the lens doing the work
2: yeah the cool thing about that leica is that lens and then the you know you can shoot at super low iso and Mm -hmm. like i'm shooting in near dark sometimes but yeah if you can have a steady hand and and you know uh you know crank it all the way down and see what you get after mm-hmm. um you know that that's the the way to do it so i'm i'm heartened that you thought some of it was was analog that, that yeah. was where i started you know when was I, the last
3: time you shot film
2: uh emerson in the 90s oh really wow yeah yeah so a long time but that's that's also because you know the, the coming out here i i brought the camera but the um you know getting into a dark room is mm-hmm. it f- back then was prohibitive now it would just be inconvenient you sure. know but I Do you miss love... it oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah mm-hmm. for sure in high school and in junior high we were making our own prints and we were making sh- screen printed shirts we, mm-hmm. we had a really good graphic arts program that had a, a dark room for us so um you know i i really loved it in there if you know sometime down the line i would love to have a dark room in the basement somewhere yeah that'd be that'd be pretty sweet it's also look i mean until now photography also has been something that like i did not that was very pleasurable because it was not a part of my work brain Mm -hmm. um you know if i sit down and read a comic now the, the 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 cost you you pay for sort of walking onto that field is that everything becomes work Mm -hmm. and um, you know, that's again, I don't mean to complain about it at all. It's just that part of the brain just doesn't turn off. So, you know, again, movies, TV, comic books, all these things that I, I very much loved, you know, become and tainted is not the right word. They just are, they become a little burdened with that story brain that just never turns off. Mm-hmm. um you know you're always looking for where where it's going and the seams of how something is made and photography for me um still is really something that i just get to go oh i'm gonna go see if i can make something that i like looking at again mm-hmm. i don't really ruminate much on the past and that's what was such a odd experience during the pandemic and finally looking backwards there's a, an amazing uh, photographer named uh, I, th- I mentioned her once before vivian maher who um, an amazing street photographer. Mm-hmm. I don't think she shared a single image uh, while she was alive. Yeah,
3: yeah. They discovered them all after They discovered
2: died, everything right? in a in a in a and and I'm no um, Vivian, but what I what I take from that would be, oh, maybe I should just go see and pan for gold and see if there's anything in there because mm-hmm. all my stuff <laughs> is digital. It's going to be on drives. It's going to be in a Dropbox. Like years from now, hopefully a long time from now, if I drop dead. I you know I, I don't know that my son will will know who any of those folks were what those moments were why I th- why I think they were they might be worth sharing mm-hmm. um and I don't want to leave that to him anyway you know I'd rather leave him a book to go these were the ones I thought were good don't worry about that mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well it's funny earlier we were talking about stand up and uh and the way that the two, like, share some similarities in that, like you're saying, sometimes when you get behind the camera, you bring the camera along, there's like an improvisational sort of, you know, uh, quality to it where you're just showing up and seeing kind of what happens and you have to be on top of it as things are unfolding and that sort of thing. Uh, but also the, the vulnerability we were speaking to, the live performance and stuff. And I think for some of these people you know that you're shooting there has to be that that vulnerability because you know there's a reason that all the all the terminology of you know using a camera is like very similar to using a weapon like point and shoot and and that's yeah. sort of thing is because the the subject is sort of at your whim and so we we've talked a lot about the photos but you know the book is also an autobio like we've talked about and so there's something to be said about the photographer too Jerry and sitting here talking for 50 minutes now it's it's clear that you know you just have this this warmth and this sort of energy that people I think sort of just like yeah turn your head like Matthew does or or just sort of chill or (laughs) strike a pose or whatever it is and so um yeah, man. I guess that's not really a question, more so just like fantastic, fantastic work, and uh absolutely. Don't sell well, yourself thanks. short. We keep talking about how you you've got people like fucking David Lynch in your photographs mm-hmm. and yeah. everything, but yeah. but uh, I'm I'm sure those people are absolutely pleased to be in 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 your presence. Uh, yeah. La- lastly, though, why is there so much chip Zdarsky in the book?
2: <laughs>
0: is is it too chip? is it
1: too late to cut some of that out?
0: No, it's not. I, we can okay. do a, okay,
2: great. a Zdarsky-ectomy pretty <laughs> easily. <laughs> Uh, is it just much... such a
1: beautiful book? It's almost a shame. Yeah, is there just... too much. Chip
3: Zdarsky is the same question as: Is there any
2: Chip Zdarsky? <laughs>
3: right, <And> there is.
2: <laughs> um, that is true. That's very true. Um, that I,
3: I wanted to. We don't have a lot of time left, but I wanted to switch gears because this is a, a podcast about comics, and we haven't really mm-hmm.
2: fucking talked about comics. And uh... although there really is the urge to like make is essentially the same impulse yeah like the the idea going like hey i if i string together a hundred images i've made a comic book if mm-hmm. i right. if i so, you know can put together a bunch of images that make sense maybe so, I, I can so also that's where the, you're going
3: now is to fumetti stuff you're going to do yeah. photo comics i don't that's, this i is don't a big need- announcement
2: I don't need Pepe anymore or any of the other guys okay. that I'm privileged to work with. You Look know what? You right can there. name your camera Pepe and,
3: you know, <laughs> <laughs> Pepe My Jr. camera's
2: name is Pepe Laroz.
3: Very
2: good Pepe <laughs> there you
3: go. uh, the, No, I just wanted to talk about um, earlier this year, you put out a book at Image Comics. You actually put out two. Uh, you put out the excellent uh, Dark Room dark room mm-hmm. thank you yeah which that is was a, a original a graphic fun. novel um but you put out uh a a a weird one <laughs> uh the secret history of the war on weed yeah um which is uh you and some friends the Deadpool team if I'm not mistaken your your, your original me, Deadpool team Yeah,
2: me and Poseidon Koblish uh, who came mm-hmm. in he was the first artist um to uh follow Tony Moore on Deadpool um we did a, I, I want to say this was Jordan's idea the editor at the time to do a throwback a fake inventory issue and it hit so hard that we were like Scott let's keep doing it mm-hmm. and so even though Scott never it took a while for Scott to get an arc of his own we were using Scott um as gl- as the mortar between stories to be able to build Deadpool a continuity that went way, way far into the past before his 91 arrival and claimed that it was in continuity. And mm-hmm. I feel like Tom Brevoort would grit his teeth or whatever and whatever, and we can all ignore that. But we were building him into the future as well. So we went all the way to 2099. So mm-hmm. we, we sent him all the way back into the past. And Scott was the perfect guy to do it because Scott um, was a Ramita Raider. So mm-hmm. Scott was one of the artists literally sitting in the bullpen when Marvel was, um, you know, still had artists in the bullpen doing corrections. If someone had drawn the costume wrong, Scott would have to draw like them. So they were building this perfect killing machine for us. And then we came along and we were like, great, now we're going back to the 60s. He's like, all right, I got, <laughs> I got this Kirby gear, you know? He So he's, yeah. this, he's this wonderful artist with a great sense of humor. I think we're moving to to um more honor his contributions as a writer i think it's just the new book uh that we're doing we did a a a a war on weed book for 420 last year now we're doing uh in october uh it's called scotch mctiernan's halloween party so it's some of the same characters (laughs) and the the gist of this one is very simply um the 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 monsters you know the killer clowns and the The sewer people and the chuds and all our friends who are none of those people because we don't own them, but examples of the sort of people who would say, oh my God, it's really hard to scare Americans because they're living in this horrifying nightmare. You know, the the comic opens with a clown, a haiku clown, actually, which I'm... I'm (laughs) i proud to say that's my contribution he sort of speaks in haikus and has two murder stabbits. they're little rabbits with knives and he'd love to go do a murder just a simple old-fashioned a spooky halloween murder and then uh, you know an incel with a, a machine gun uh causes a ruckus and kills some people and obviously sends him off to the monster mash very depressed <laughs> <laughs> you literally can't get a rise out of any of these people because our ordinary life is so fucking horrifying mm-hmm. available from image comics
3: October 4th. <laughs> <laughs> no I mean the, the opening of that book and the 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 clown and being ducking and covering during the mass shooting is, is one of the funniest things I've read in a long time and I, I guess and, and fucking horrifying but uh, in yeah. a good way Um, And I I like that you kept up, you know, the horrors are good because in the in the weed book or this year, um, I would say that you have my favorite Hitler joke um, in that book. So like you're keeping up the theme of just like truly monstrous stuff. But you have to like you keep talking about in the previous book, you keep talking about 420 and then you introduce the robot with a brain and he speaks in a German accent and he goes, it's my birthday. And that just made me laugh for so long (laughs) i said
2: i said to brian and scott i said if we do that joke we have to really make sure that brain is dead at the end otherwise i'm not doing that joke yeah Mm
3: -hmm. it's it's great though and you do yeah you kill you kill hitler's brain and that's you Mm -hmm. know good for you you should get a you know congressional medal of freedom for that Mm -hmm. but um it, it, the you're dealing with the you're dealing with this horrible stuff and you also are dealing with real topical things. The, the previous book has, I mean, you even gave money to um, the last prisoner project and all these mm. organizations about um, marijuana laws, re- marijuana reform and, and, and things like that, that are, that are really great causes. And, and this book is sort of a, about, you know, other topical things. I don't want to spoil it too much, but they're also comedies and, and, mm. And I sort of am am curious. Comedy and comics is so rare these days. Like, why did you do you feel like that's what you had to do? Do you do you feel like a calling for that? Do you feel like you're filling a void? But also, like, why is why is there so much heavy shit in these books too? Like, why are you touching on these themes? I guess well, is my question. Yeah, it's that's like nine it, questions.
2: It's a, well, it's a good question. It's it's a it's um <laughs> the the weed part of it is. There is certainly, um, you know, the prohibition of lead um, affected um, non-white folks the most. It was, um, and now uh, obviously on the other side, as we have filled our private prisons with brown and black-skinned folks, that on the other side now that prohibition is essentially all but over in most of the, uh, the country, you know, the, there is an inequity in who is now profiting from that. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think you probably, uh, you know, uh, the, the comedy answer actually comes from just going, look, if it's going to be me and Brian and Scott, we would be fighting our instincts to not do a comedy. Sure. And then, um, you know, like, Brian's truly the prince of darkness, you know, like the, they'll have the darkest thoughts. And so, um, you know, that, that's where it comes from just really dark comedy. And honestly, the, the more honest it is, the more you can be bummed out and also probably laugh. And, and that was the tone on Deadpool. We really wanted to tone shift. We wanted you laughing on one page and then bummed out the next. And, yeah. um, you know, uh, Scott has such a good sense of humor that, um, you know, not everyone. I think here's, here's the other observation. You said, there's not a lot of comedy in comic books. And I would agree with that. And the reason is that you, it's not just one person that needs to have a funny Mm bone. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, everyone needs to come together and, and, and have funny bones. Otherwise it's not going to land. And Mm -hmm. I don't know that it's, um, uh, I don't know how easy that is to do. And also, honestly, it's really hard to do comedy on a page. Sure. In the same way that I think it can be really hard to scare people on a page. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you creep someone out really, uh, really nicely. And a lot of people do that really well. Um, But you have to have a confidence about you to just go, yeah, I'm doing a a Godzilla with a dick comic. And you're either going to laugh or you're not. And actually, yeah. that's the Ebert quote. That's the Ebert quote at the time. Huh. Roger Ebert said, you cannot talk someone out of a laugh or a boner. <laughs> he's right. He was right. He was uh, absolutely right. And you're either going to laugh or you're not. And if you're not going to laugh, please put the comic down and get on with your life. If you're going to laugh, keep going because it gets worse. Slap.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sort of fascinated by it because I feel like... Um, I write a lot of jokes in my, in my stuff, even in my darker stuff, but I, I sort of don't have the, um, courage to be like, yeah, I'm a com- comedic comedy, a comic book writer. Uh, like I write comedy. And, uh, and so I always walk that back hmm. uh, and I think it's fascinating, but I think the thing that is really what I what I always say is like I add jokes to my most upsetting stuff like there's jokes in my Punisher run there's jokes, I mean it's a Joker book but like there's a lot of jokes in the upcoming Joker book, because yeah. I feel like the roller coaster is so important to make the, the horror and yes. the tension work, yes. you need to have someone smiling to rip it away from them if they're stone faced, it's not as big a drop. I, it's very rare that I see people go the other way. And that's why I was sort of fascinated by it. That like the war on weed, when you read it, it's very funny. And then at the Mm -hmm. end, you're like, all these people are in fucking prison. It's fucking an injustice. It's modern day slavery. It's not okay. And like you rip it out from under us in such a powerful way that I was like, wow, this is really, I, I never think of it going the other way. I never think you hit the lows to make the highs higher. I always think of it you you add the highs to make the drops steeper and and that was it, it's really i mean i think you're a master at what you do and it was really fascinating to watch and i sort of am in love with these books because of that of of the calculations you're making mm. on the page to like play with every emotion you have in a comedy and not just go for the funny
2: bone always.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: well well thank you i mean we're trying to you know i'm a couple hundred comic comics in now where you go hopefully um you know, I, I'm feeling more confident in sort of not worrying about what an audience might think and just do the most pure thing. And that's uh, like the 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 best advice, right? That we can give any creative is just to go figure out your magnetic north and 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 drive to it. But I would say, Matthew, you're one of the funniest people that I know. If you want to go do a comedy that is just doing it, it, that is just a comedy you should do that nah okay. <laughs> all right <laughs> forget, forget forget i said anything
3: yeah we're gonna, we're gonna cut that out that's that was, that was that was a little too earnest but i appreciate yeah. it, yeah. it was Sweet. We probably won't cut it out because it's nice it sounds nice and, uh, <laughs> you know i never know when you know someone i owe money is going to listen to this and feel good about Cut it. all the stuff Matt, out Matt, of, about Matt is rubber
1: done. and your vote of confidence is
3: glue <laughs> yeah yeah we're 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 gonna drive past all this um i will say i think this is a good place to wrap it up
2: timing and luck is on kickstarter uh timing slash luck and um uh, I'm sure if you visited my my horrible Twitter page, you'd be transported <laughs> directly to it. Um, the uh, image book that is coming out is um, uh, called uh, Scotch McTiernan's Halloween Party. And then uh, the, the Koblish Monster book that I have coming out will have some details. Um, subscribe yeah. to my sub, sub stack to, to be um, blown away by the new title that... Is not King Dong, which was our project code name, <laughs> which I was advised would not clear. Uh-huh.
3: it's, a, the, it's the our comic
2: formerly known as King, it's actually look. It's got a lot of heart. It's got Sorry. a lot of other things too, in other parts. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> <laughs> it's a full
3: anatomical an monster it's got a lot of heart and everything else
2: how much did i show you guys did i show you guys the half I, and... I think
3: i've seen all of that
1: but I, I don't know i think you said it was half yeah uh, yeah it's, there is a giant it's 32
2: pages up. all right 32 pages well it gets much better and much worse it ends <laughs> so <wait>. strong. Um, <laughs> a couple of buildings is, get ever, fucked
0: up is there a happy
3: ending can you tell us that
2: <laughs> the happy ending is a happy ending
3: <laughs> there you go oh. I, was, I set you up for that uh I love it. Jerry Duggan, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm really excited. excited about this stuff. I It's very rare that I get excited. I'm so myopic. It's very rare that I get excited about uh, a book that isn't a comic book. And mm-hmm. you made me that with your photography book. I am mm-hmm. so excited to have it in my hands and flip through it and, and give it a read and, and show it off. And you know, probably tear the page that my picture is on out <laughs> and and either frame it or burn it. I don't know which, depending on mood, but I'm so excited it, for this eat stuff. It
2: like the murderer and uh, the idiot, like the red dragon. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what I'll do. And reclaim, I'll, be, I'll get my own power. Yeah, reclaim the piece of yourself that I stole from you
3: yeah and and thank you so much for joining us and thank giving you. us your time and thank you for making such awesome stuff and and, con-
2: and congrats on on your sub stack launch i cannot wait for these comments thank
3: you I it's know, the mm. most successful yeah
2: it's the most successful sub stack launch in
3: history so that's pretty cool mm-hmm. um okay. right have a good have a good night jerry
2: thanks jerry thank you for having me And
1: that'll bring us to the end of part two of our discussion with Jerry Duggan about his new photo book on Kickstarter, Timing Slash Luck, as well as his upcoming comic projects. Make sure you check out the photo book by searching Timing Slash Luck on Kickstarter or just clicking the link in our description. You can also check out Jerry's Substack at jerryduggan.substack.com to see everything else that he's working on. To get the latest episodes of this podcast, as well as news, giveaways, and even comics delivered straight to your inbox, head to ashcanpress.com and sign up for the newsletter. We'll be back next week with another wonderful guest. And in the meantime, you can write to us at ideasdontbleedpot at gmail.com, tweet to Matthew Rosenberg at ashcanpress on Twitter, me at tales2astonish, or Griffin at griff sheridan. We'll include some of your correspondence on the show, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. And big thanks to summer people for our theme song, Where's the Poison? Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time.